When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, great shot. Straight back down the ground. Great Finch shot. is up for the fight. Right arm over. Finch <laughs> takes him down the ground. There's a fielder coming around. Not gonna catch that. Won't get it. It's six. To Finch. Oh, there it down is. Down the ground there it for is. the finish. What a great knock. What a superb knock from Aaron Finch. As Liam Pickering and Sam Hargraves on Big Bash Nation. Aaron Finch, 70 not out of 43 balls. The Renegades start the season two and zip. And Aaron's been good enough to join us this morning. Hello, Aaron. Morning, Jules. How are you? Very well, mate. I uh, hope you're well as well. Uh, what a great start to the season for the Renegades. And, and given where you've been the last couple of years, how important was a fast start this season? Yeah, really important. I think adding a bit of experience around the group has really helped that. And to go 2-0 and is a really good start. I think it's the first time in a few years that we've done it. And, I mean, to win them close games is so important, especially at the start of the year, because you want to get ahead of the competition and you want to, you don't want to leave too much at the back end and when you get in situations where you need to win five from six or something like that. So um, it's no guarantee, but it's a nice feeling around the group. Is it nice not walking out at the top of the innings or is it is it taking a bit of time to get used to? I've done it a little bit uh, in bits and pieces at various stages of my career, but it's, it's a really good challenge. I enjoy it. The thing I love is that you come in every game and it's a different scenario whether you're batting first, second, uh, game situation. So I think having a bit more experience probably gives a bit more of an opportunity to be able to think your way through that and probably take a little bit more time. So that's something I've really enjoyed and um, it does beat the swinging ball, I can guarantee that. <laughs> I bet you it does. I bet you were glad you weren't opening at the Gabba in the Test match uh, the other day. Just on the chase the other night, it seemed to be like a perfectly timed chase. Just in that situation, from how far out, you know, five overs to go, six overs to go, four overs to go. When when is really calculating how you go about a chase like that? Well, probably probably with about eight overs to go, you you start to try and do some maths on what you might need, depending on what bowlers they've still got to come. And for Ricky, the young Afghan, he's been superb over probably the last 12 months. So we probably have to take that a little bit more into account and try and be a little bit more aggressive against some other bowlers. And I think the power surge is one thing that probably gives the batting team a bit more of an advantage batting second if if it goes to plan and you can use that effectively because it's such a huge swing in the game and you have to factor that in as well. And, I mean, it, it, was, it was nice. I thought I'd probably left it a little bit too late at one point there. And um, the difference between batting in the middle order and the top is when you hit some good shots, open in the batting, you generally get fours. Mm. You, you face a lot more dot balls, but you hit more boundaries. And in the middle order, you hit some great shots and you get one for them. It's, it's a bit frustrating at times. <laughs> so in the, in the scenario the other night, if you get to the last over and you need, and the team needs 11, are you pretty comfortable with that scenario? You know you still need a boundary. And because I wasn't on strike at the start, uh, we lost a wicket first ball. And with the new rule changes, being that the incoming batsman is on strike regardless of whether you cross for a catch or or whatever dismissal, it, it, that can be a big swing in the game as well. So then it just comes down to, you know, you need one boundary, really. And, and on a ground with some dimensions like Marvel Stadium, you still you still think that you can get a couple of twos out there. 
Um, and you're backing with an in-batter like I was, that you're probably going to hit one boundary at least. So you're confident, but you're never, you're never quite sure. Speaking to Aaron Finch after his match-winning performance for the Renegades the other night, 70 not out of 43. Next up for the Renegades uh, tomorrow is a match against the Heat and then a match on Christmas Eve as well coming up against uh, the Hurricanes. Uh, now, Nick Mattinson, he's been in really good form, uh, fantastic in the first game in, in particular, but isn't it hard enough being a, a batter as it is without almost injuring yourself in the field coming in to celebrate a wicket? Yeah, that was one of the more unusual ones that I've seen. The zing bales, once they stop lighting up, they, they can be quite difficult to see, especially on a pitch area. <laughs> and he's, he's just rolled his ankle straight on it. So that was unfortunate. But like you said, his start to the season has been really impressive. The way that he took the game on and attacked the Brisbane Heat in the first game was outstanding. And then for him to back that up with a really solid start the other night was, was brilliant. And um, he's taken over the Rangers captain and, and done a fantastic job in the first couple of games and as well as last year. I know the results didn't go our way, but uh, he's grown into that role really well. And really, the, the squad looks like it's going to get stronger. Obviously, you'd lose Andre Russell, but Martin Guptill's coming in. Sean Marsh, uh, not too far away. So that that's a pretty handy couple of inclusions for you know for the middle and la- latter ends of the tournament. Yeah, it certainly is. And I think having a little bit more experience around the group particularly in that middle order with the bat, with the inclusion of Johnny Wells and Andre Russell with his firepower, but also his experience. I think that goes a long way to giving belief to the rest of the group as well, especially in run chases. When, you, when you're trying to navigate your way through it, it can be a little bit frantic at times. And uh, just having that calmness around the group has been a real positive. The Heat was really on the team and, and on you for Australia in the T20 World Cup. You had a little bit of time off after that. Did, did you need it? Do you feel revitalised after having a little bit of time away? Yeah, I feel really good at the moment. Uh, that was a, it was a huge build-up to the T20 World Cup. There was a lot of cricket and a lot of travel in there, which can take its toll after a while, especially as you get a bit older, you get a bit stiffer and sore after some long flights. And um, It's been nice to... It wasn't nice to have a little hammy niggle and getting over that, but just to be able to spend some time at home has been really good. And I guess just living back into a normal life uh, as much as you can while you're still travelling and playing cricket. But no, I feel really good now and, and ready to go for a, for a really big couple of weeks now. I think we, we play around the New Year's break. I think we play something like six games in 14 days or something like that. So it's, it's pretty hectic, but then it slows down a bit. How do you reflect on the T20 World Cup from an Australian point of view. I mean, there was a lot of talk afterwards about, you know, some suggesting it didn't seem like the Australian players were up for it. You know, you made some comments before the tournament about a little bit of fatigue. How do you sort of look back on on how it all unfolded, that T20 World Cup from the team's point of view? Oh, we played one poor game and that was the first game against New Zealand and it turned out to be fatal for our campaign. I think uh, there was a lot of talk about um, team not being up for it, like you said, and, and that is, couldn't be further away from the truth. I think Maxi come out and clarified his comments after uh, when he said that the team moves on pretty quick and, and you, you get over it. But, yeah, it was really difficult. I think the reality is we lost one game. Um, so it's not the it wasn't the worst campaign by any stretch. It was just unlucky that we had that washout against England, which would have been a defining part of the tournament uh, for either side. And um, we, we don't get on there. And, and England scraped through in that last game against Sri Lanka and... Uh, yeah, you can you can look at it a couple of ways. It was obviously disappointing not to make the semi-finals at least, but we still only lost one game, so that, that's a positive you can take out of it. But 
that how big that hammering was really hurt our net run rate. Yeah, fine margins in T20 cricket. Aaron, we, we mentioned before you, you're playing a game on Christmas Eve this year, and we'll see the NBL this year are debuting a Christmas Day game between United and the Sydney Kings. Can you Would you support the Big Bash going down that path? Would you be open to playing a game on Christmas Day? Well, with it not being in this year and me not having a huge amount of time left in my career, I, I'm not sure that I'll be around for it. But <laughs> I think eventually it'll happen. Um I'm not sure where I sit on it, to be honest. I think it's such a such a special time for families to, to be together. And, yeah, I think playing Christmas Eve and then Boxing Day, there's obviously the Test match followed by a Big Bash game that night. There's, there's still a lot of content in and around there. So I think the way that it's set up at the moment is fine. What'd you, I'm sure you would have watched plenty of the Test match, uh, well, the two days that was on. Um, what did you make of it looking from afar? Did you... Did, do you think that pitch was borderline dangerous from where you were watching? Oh, I don't know about dangerous, but it certainly had plenty of spice in it. And I think when you put arguably the two best bowling attacks in world cricket up against each other on a wicket that does have enough bounce and pace in it, that any sideways movement movement is really exaggerated as well. It's going to make for some entertaining cricket. And I think when you're trying to create a wicket that... You don't want to roll out a really flat one. We've seen them, and, and they can be as boring as anything. So I think you, you have to cut the curator a little bit of leeway there because they, they produce amazing wickets at the Gabba year in, year out in all forms of cricket. So one that, look, it might have been an hour or two hours away from being the perfect cricket wicket. And uh, I'd, I'd look from just watching on TV that it was actually quite dry underneath and there was a little bit of cracking. But, yeah, it was it was definitely... It was definitely a handful for the batters, and I'm, I'm sure coming to the MCG that that'll be a bit more of an even contest. Just finally, before I let you go, what do you think we should expect from the MCG deck this year? And, and surely, your good Victorian teammate Scott Boland keeps his place in the side. Yeah, it'd be tough to leave Scotty out. The way that he's bowled every opportunity that he's got for Australia is it's been remarkable, and he just keeps doing the business. He's he's there and thereabouts every single ball. He, he's just so miserly, and I think. I haven't seen a huge amount of shield cricket at the MCG, to be honest, but we've seen over the last couple of years that they've got the balance really, really finely tuned with the contest between bat and ball, and that's all you can ask for in test cricket. There'll be days when the best bowlers in the world dominate, and there'll be the days when the best batters dominate, but I think with enough grass on it that if you bowl well on the first morning of the first day, then you'll get rewarded, but equally, if you bat well as a team and get through that initial session it does get easier once that ball gets a little bit softer and the and the seam isn't quite as pronounced as it is with a brand new ball. Well, Aaron, well played the other night. Uh, good luck for your, your two matches before Christmas. Have a great Christmas and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, you too, Jules. Great to talk to Aaron Fincher. Let's get to the break. We've got so much coming through on the 40 Winks temper. Uh, we'll read some of those after the break and take your calls.